Hey guys, and welcome back to the You Know The Drill podcast, the podcast hosted by me, Barris, and my mate Robbie, two fourth-year dental students producing content for all your dental needs. Whether you're a dental student or applicant, if you want to learn more about the reality of dentistry, this is the podcast for you. If you want to keep up to date with all our episodes, make sure you follow us on Spotify on at You Know The Drill podcast, and check out our new YouTube channel and Instagram to keep up with all the updates. Thank you. So today we are joined by Dr. Jana Denzel. Um, he is the clinical director of Assistant, um, a company that aims to assist dentists uh, with the use of artificial intelligence. Um, we are excited to find out more about this unique uh, branch of dentistry from Dr. Denzel today. And we hope you can give us an awesome insight into artificial intelligence technology in dentistry. So without further ado, welcome onto the podcast, Dr. Denzel. Hey Rob, hey Faris, thank you so much for having me on. A huge fan of your podcast and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank yes, you. thank you. Mm-hmm. Cheers. And yeah, we're very excited. I think, you know, AI is one of those topics that is, is quite hot. Like a lot of people are talking about it. I think uh, mm. being credit Elon Musk for that. Um, yeah. But within dentistry, I think it's it's something that's not really touched upon. But just before we kind of dive into that, can you give us just a little introduction about yourself just for our listeners? Sure. Okay. Uh, my name is Dr. Jana Denzel. I'm a dentist um, living and working in London. I graduated in 2019 from Valencia, Spain. Um, uh, As you've already said, I'm the clinical director of Assistant. Uh, It's based in Manchester University. It's kind of a spin out from the Manchester Dental School. Um, Uh Aside from that, um, I recently this year won Best Young Dentist in in Mm -hmm. London. And uh, also, thank you. Also, just the Honorary Global uh, Ambassador for Slow Dentistry, which is like a, a network of dentists throughout the world, just kind of aiming to better patient care. Yeah, I think I, I think I heard about that from, wasn't it like Dr. Miguel Stanley, I think it is? Yeah. He's one of the, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Awesome. Amazing. Um, yeah, very interesting. I feel like we need another episode to talk about um, <laughs> your, your like other experiences, yeah. but um, just for today, could you give us a little bit of a definition of what AI actually is? Okay, so I think like most people, um, AI is still quite n- relatively new. So a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. too much about it. I think if you hear the words artificial intelligence, you kind of probably have images of like cyber soldiers or killer robots mm-hmm. or <laughs> movies, right? Um, however, everyone yeah. is still in its infancy um, of any te- the technology to date. So it's going to be a long time before we have any of that, not in our mm-hmm. lifetime anyway. But uh, a little bit of a background of what artificial intelligence really is, it started in the year 97 uh, when IBM had a product called Deep Blue. And it was basically this machine and they they trialed it by having that and the world champion chess, chess. player. Yeah. <laughs> and as you know, as it beat the chess player, that's when a lot of people were like, oh my God, what is this thing? How does it work? You know, what's going to, what's the future mm. of it, right? So mm. with it, it's just kind of like analyzing large sets of information and finding patterns in them. And as it does so, it learns to assess different situations and make informed decisions and predict outcomes. So it's kind of like mimicking human intelligence, but all done by uh, machine learning. Wow. That's amazing. Awesome. So if, if robots take over in the future, we can blame IBM then. <laughs> we know where it started now. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I'm just happy you said Deep Blue because when you said that, I was like, oh, chess. I, I know I remember it was like, mm. it wasn't Karpov. It was some other like very famous like um, uh, Russian chess player. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. I think, yeah, as you said, when I think of AI, 
I instantly kind of think, I don't know, it's just kind robots. of, it's a scary <laughs> word. Yeah, it's, it's robots. It's just kind of a scary word. It's like, we're just trying to, to mimic mm. human behavior. And I kind of think like, what, why exactly do we want to do that with density? Like we, we have enough patience. Like what is the actual benefit of doing so? Definitely. Um, then, but, yeah. like, like what the whole purpose of us bringing AI into dentistry, like they do in every kind of field is not to replace um, the dentist or any humans whatsoever. But it's just mm. to make the task and what we do more consistent, more reliable, and just an easier kind of workflow. Okay, interesting. And so, are there any like procedures that you could use AI for in dentistry? Definitely. Um, already, I think you know, there has been an implementation of AI uh, in the workflow that we're already trying to do. As in, I'm not too sure if you guys are using scanners in uh, dental school yet or learning the technology but you know uh with that as well and <laughs> that's so good that's good getting you involved have yeah, you guys done like yeah. the hat speak yet, where you do like the uh, yeah kind of things with the, with the ai and things so the slowly slowly mm-hmm. we're trying to get more technology out there for dental students as well as in ourselves at manchester dental school we're trying to aim to get our technology into all the different dental schools across the uk mm. Maybe not now, but probably next year. Hopefully, you guys will be using us to kind of help you with your your diagnosis stage and formulating treatment plans as well. Wow. Yeah, I think my my only exposure to AI so far within dentistry that I'm aware of is like note taking softwares. So yes. um, there's a couple that we've we've seen that have risen up this year mm. that kind of look into this aspect of okay, well, there should be a relatively standard way of diagnosing a patient. How can we standardize that using notes? And like kind of, I think it's really interesting because it allows us to kind of track how dentists, you know, use their problem solving skills to find solutions. So I guess it will be, you know, good for in, in the future for like litigation and preventing that. Um, mm. But yeah, that's, that's one of the ways I, I've thought like AI looks quite interesting um, currently. For sure. As in there's Kuroku, MyFlyNotes, there's, you know, quite a few different companies that are doing what you just yeah. said. And um, I think the more probably next year or so, we'll probably start to see it get more involved with dental schools and dentistry on the whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just a kind of a personal question about your experience with AI technology and dentistry, what kind of made you interested in the first place to, you know, start learning more about the use of AI technology and be involved in developing new things? I think for me that the journey of AI began in dental school. Um, when I was in clinics at a clinical session and I had a patient where I was a little bit unsure of the right treatment plan because it was quite complex. So I asked the tutor to, to look at the patient, uh, look at the radiographs and probably with the treatment plan. And they said something and I was like, oh, cool, I'll do that. And the next day we had a different clinical tutor come around and he was like, okay, what are you doing? What's the treatment plan? Show me. And he said, no, 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 no. That doesn't mean that. It means this, let's do something else. Mm. And then I realized that we have different dentists of different kind of, um experience i'd say one was quite a lot older one was younger but even so both of them had different interpretations of what their x-ray meant and what treatment plans we should have right and that kind of inconsistency shouldn't be put around in when we're playing with patients we should have a standard set of rules for what their diagnosis is and what their treatment plans are so with that i was like what can i do um and in medicine we've already had um the technology of having an AI, an algorithm, 
automatically detect abnormalities in radiographs for them when it comes to lungs, when it comes to brains. And I was like, okay, hold on. As dentists, we probably take more radiographs than anyone in the medical profession. Why do we not have this system in place? So I actually started in dental school to kind of build a database of as many x-rays as I can and then try and get some expert dentists who have been in the field long enough and looked at enough radiographs to start expertly annotating the radiograph. And then from there, I kind of built up my own little algorithm that can automatically detect what a class one caries is or what calculus is or how much bone loss there is and started really my journey from there. Wow, that is so like impressive. That is so crazy. Like you've really thought outside the box there. And I think that like having that level of like initiative while still being a student in dental school and also having, you know, the knowledge to kind of create an algorithm and, um, you know, kind of bring this idea to fruition and get AI technology to tell you what kind of class of carriers you have. That is really, really impressive. Thank you. Mm, it's, it's a long ride. It's not easy to, <laughs> to do something like this and very yeah. boring, I think. In dental school, when I was doing it, um, my teachers said, yeah, no one is going to use this. Uh, a lot of students will like, yeah, I was wasting this time because at the end of the day, no one really wants to admit, like, oh, I don't need any help reading an x-ray. I'm a qualified dentist. So I know what's there. And it's not me mm-hmm. saying like, no one can read a radiograph. It's when you're seeing 20 patients a day looking at 40 different radiographs, are you still having the same consistency uh, and, you know, not having your own kind of judgment, like, you know, um kind of influence with decisions yeah. on patients it's having that consistent accurate reliable kind of diagnosis the whole way throughout um and now we see companies all over the world I and mean, there's about 10 different companies now doing what i set out to do so um it's just kind of great to see that uh and i think you know more and more in future it's not going to be just with diagnosing radiographs it's probably going to be a lot more in the in the dental clinic to do with ai hmm. wow interesting Okay, so yeah, yeah, now a bit about the pros and cons of using AI technology in dentistry. Starting off with the pros, we'll start on a on a on a on a on that note. Um, What 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 are some of the pros of using AI technology in dentistry? Right, so some of the pros are it's definitely going to be more time saving, right? So I think, you know, we spoke about that before with, you know, using a system such as Kuroku that has kind of automated notes in place, right? From there, you can actually time save because you don't have to spend all that time writing out for each patient that's kind of already put there for you in a kind of a flowing system, right? The time saving was also one. There's also other companies that um, have the patient's medical history there and then they have any kind of medication or any other treatment plan there that correlates what medication they have to what treatment plan they have. So, for example, with any extractions, with any blood thinners, automatically does that for you. So sometimes, mm. you know, on the off basis that you, you forget what kind of medication they're taking or, like, you, know, you don't take that into account with their treatment planning, it's always there as a kind of a backup, as a safety net for you as well, right? When it comes to yeah. diagnosis, again, sometimes it's really hard to see early enamel interproximal caries between teeth or so on a radiograph. Having a system like this is a safety net because, say, for example, see a patient, you miss that caries, they come back a year later and they're like, hey, this tooth really hurts. You take an extra and you find out that the decay has gone into the, to the pulp now and it's hit the nerve. Like, I came here last year, you didn't say anything. And then, you know, they mm-hmm. find out that the radiograph actually did show a little bit, right? And then they take it to GDC. What are you going to do then, right? So it's a safety net, um, as well as being time-saving. 
as well as being like you know, non-subjective. And when you show it to patients that you have a system like this in place, it actually has them a bit more trusting to you as well. Because unfortunately, in the dental profession, the way that the NHS was set up in this UDA basis, and even before then, is fee per an item. A lot of patients come into the dental clinic and they're not so trustworthy or the dentist is telling them. And I'll be like, do I yeah. really need this thing? Or is he just trying to make a quick buck out of me, right? When you have a system in place that's non-subjective and that just highlights abnormalities and x-ray for you and the patient, they can mm. start to see, hold on a second, he didn't even show that or highlight that area. Maybe yeah. there is something wrong or maybe I do need to take uptake this treatment. Mm. That is that is cool, yeah. I yeah, think. I think... Um... This, it's interesting because I think everyone in dentistry, even at dental school, you, you, it's very quick to start identifying potential problems that are going to occur once you qualify. But you're kind of like, okay, it comes with experience. I think just before we go into disadvantages, one of the big advantages of AI is it kind of levels the playing ground. So first it standardizes the, the type of treatment you're going to be trying to do mm-hmm. in terms of you know the decisions that you're going to take, the planning that is going to um be undertaken with with the ai but at the same time i kind of feel like it allows you to have a basic level of experience even if you're a new dentist it allows you to have a good starting point where you're kind of learning from the ai as well because as you said it's not based on like you know for us it'd be like foundation level dentistry it's going to be based on experts that have kind of curated this software um and allowed the beginning of something that's going to be a lot more advanced so i think that's yeah i think that's very very interesting um but I know we've kind of talked about the amazing things. What what do you think are some of the biggest drawbacks with, with AI at the moment? So some of the drawbacks would have to be the, the patient database of what you're using to mm. build algorithm in the first place. Are you doing it in, from, for example, where are you getting your x-rays from? Are you getting it from a dental school clinic? Because you've got to realize that people who go to a dental school clinic, uh, when I study in Valencia, want the patients of like in a, of a good socioeconomic background. There are people who normally couldn't afford their, uh like, you know, to have proper dental care. And sometimes it meant that those are the patients walking through the door were dentally unfit. They had loads of caries on them. Um, and when you're training the algorithm, does it automatically kind of have that and put that as a norm of a patient? So definitely having the patient database has to be accurate. If you're doing it, like, you know, with um, dentally fit patients or you're just doing sports teams or something like that, it might then make the algorithm think that the, the average patient has little or no caries, right? So definitely where your sample size is coming from is really important as well. And secondly, a little bit of a drawback on that as well is you've got to realize that it this does not in any way does do the diagnosis for you. It aids you with the diagnosis, but ultimately the diagnosis rests with you, the clinician, and you have to take responsibility for any treatment plan you put out there or what you're saying the diagnosis is. Because in any kind of platform, especially when you're doing kind of image analysis, you have to find a specific level of sensitivity. So for me, I've always had great trouble, like, you know, having when we're talking about, for example, um, early enamel interproximal caries, what is, like, you know, cervical burnout or what is actual caries, right? So to find that level, sometimes I put it onto a level where it's going to pick up all the caries you have, but sometimes it might show something that's not caries, but that's the, that's the kind of the level of sensitivity you have. So as a clinician, you still need to make the judgment call. Mm. But that is some of the drawbacks as well. But you, I, I don't really look at it as a drawback because, one, that just shows that the machine is never going to replace you because you're always needed to be the person in charge to find out what diagnosis and what treatment plan you have to have. But yeah. some people are like, oh, I wish it could do this for me, but it's never going to get to a point where it does that. 
Okay. All right. And um, with regards to, you know, using this software or technology in day-to-day practice, how accessible is it? Um, yeah. How, um, how accessible is it? Moment, yeah, at the moment right now, as in this, this uh, software in particular with Assistant at Manchester Dental School, it's um, readily available everywhere. You can just go online, download a desktop, uh, sorry, a desktop web application from it, have it in your surgery, your PC, and there's all these other amazing companies across the world that already have it accessible. Right now, though, it's just uh, the implementation needed for dentists to really kind of sit down and be like, okay, you know what? I really think this can be helpful for me. And more and more people need to talk about AI, start to use it. It's kind of like, using scanners instead of taking impressions, right? In dental school, I'm still sure that you guys are still taught how to take impressions. I see, mm. like, you know, people from Birdie almost were doing it. It's like scanners are ultimately known to be better, as in when I'm talking to labs and I say, hey, guys, what do you guys want? Impression or digital? It was like, digital is always better, right? And although digital is readily available everywhere, not every dentist is using that, right? And why? Sometimes because of cost. Sometimes they prefer what they learn in dental school. So we always have to have systems in place that slightly change. So, for example, one of the things I'm doing now is I'm talking to Health Education of England to implement something which I created called the Gap Tool. So it's um, a system where, say, you, I'd send you six radiographs for you to diagnose by yourself. Then I send you six same six radiographs for you to diagnose with assistant. And then after, you'll see a tally of how many um, radiographs you diagnosed correctly and how many you didn't, how many with assistant you did, and how many you didn't. And always we've had like, you know, clinical studies um, in the BDJ, ADEP studies that show that using the system is always better uh, at you being able to diagnose properly and more effectively. So when we introduce this to Health Education England, they have their foundation dentists take it at the start of the year. And then you assess, yeah. okay, how good are you at judging x-rays? And then you take it midway through the year. Have you got better uh, at the end? So it's a system in place to help you train, help you, and train you to become more better as a clinician yourself. Okay, interesting. So um, why should young dentists embrace the use of AI technology in dentistry, in your opinion? In my opinion, it's the future. As in, you know, it comes with this whole digital workflow coming from the old school ways where we're using wet film radiographs to, like, you know, take a, take a photo and put it under, like, you know, the, the dark room and, you know, being able to reveal it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the future. It's... If you want to be able to be better at your workflow, um, get better results for your patients, so even if you want to be a clinical, uh, sorry, a, comp, um, a cosmetic dentist, sorry, so if you just mm-hmm. want to do that, you know, composite bonding and Visalign and stuff like that, it's still really important to be able to have a system like this in place because one, you, you have can only do cosmetic work on patients that are generally dentally fit. So if you run a system through them, see all the x-rays, see that they're dentally fit, you feel more ethically safe, like great, I know I can work on this patient, mm-hmm. and it's going to be good because they're a healthy patient they look after their teeth they haven't got any like abnormalities mm. and you can even take it after you've done all your, your your work on them just to ensure that they're all still staying generally fit so it's, it's a new trend as in 100 percent, this ai stuff is the future um i don't think it's ever going to take over us as dentists i think we're still a long way <laughs> fingers <away>. crossed <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i'm sure it's, it's going to help us a lot yeah I, I, I like how it's kind of being framed in this um, from, from what I've learned so far. It seems, because again, everyone kind of thinks, I think it's the same thing like with the industrial revolution. People thought, oh, these factories, oh, you know, these robots, that's it. Like humans are not useful anymore. But I think it's more of an assistance 
or uh, generally like a it's a virtual assistant isn't it assisting you in your treatment your diagnosis etc um I, I do think that the one thing that I, like kind of like as a as a dental student or even as a potential you know hopefully i'm a dentist that i'm thinking about is this idea of the database is how does the software identify what's standardized when you have a variety of different cases in different backgrounds through through every dentist through every dental practice even in you know very similar regions that's the only thing where i'm thinking like you know i, I don't know if that's a potential limitation or if once enough pe- it's kind of one of those things where at the start it's a problem but once enough people adopt it the database kind of grows like naturally and as a result if you have a larger sample size, that increases the probability of the software having greater accuracy. So that, that's just where my head's at is with regards to how will it standardize things as time progresses and whether or not the adoption, there's going to be enough adoption at the start, like that initial, you know, uptake. B- batch of, yeah, initial uptake that will allow it to to reach that goal. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think this is, you know, it really is something different in dentistry. Um, it's not like a, you know, obviously scanners are fantastic and everything, but AI is something a lot, little bit more niche in the sense of it. once it's unleashed, I think there's there's so many applications for it. It's not just, oh, this is just for pros, this is just for this. It's within every specialty of dentistry where AI can kind of intercept. So yeah, very interesting. Mm. Of course, it definitely isn't. I always kind of look at it and think, you know, why wouldn't you? This is something that's going to assist you, make you a better dentist, make you be able to provide a better patient journey and patient care. Um, I mean, it's always been a no-brainer, and this is the way forward. Mm. Uh, I, I still think, like, you know, I think when you talk about the factories and stuff, they're, they're like manual labor jobs. Yes, you can have that replaced by AI. But mm-hmm. when it comes to something like a dentist or in a medical professional, you, you always have to take responsibility of someone else's care, and no one is going to leave that up to yeah. the machine to decide. So it's, it's, it's different in that sense. So the only way I feel like it will be involved in uh, the medical industry is purely for assisting. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And then um just yeah, leading on to the final few questions now. So um you kind of touched on some of these a bit earlier, but um how can AI technology be further implemented in the dental profession going forwards in the future? Going forwards in the future, um I feel like it can it can probably be implemented in a, in a few different ways. I think always kind of just helping the patient have an easier kind of workflow from coming into mm. clinics. Mm. For example, I think, you know, those consenting forms with my fly notes, um, having them really understand what their procedures are more understanding. So I think a lot of patients come into the dental clinic and they're not so familiar or aware of what their conditions are. I've explained to them so well. They're looking at those different companies like Chairside, um, you know, my fly notes that can really send the patient back home with a lot more content and understanding and maybe like, like visual aids or, you know, any, any form that they want to digest it in to be able to understand what is happening at the dentist. So their understanding and their informed consent for whatever treatment mm-hmm. that they decide to do is a lot more valid as well. Um, aside from that, I just think there's going to be a lot more systems in place that are just going to make it easier for us, fewer clicks on the mouse to, to get to where we mm-hmm. need to do. Um, and just kind of more thorough screening of patients, um, better understanding of what treatment plans we should have. I feel like everything should become more standardized. And I feel like us three, if you were to sit in a room and have a talk with a patient, uh, look at them, treatment plan them, diagnose and treatment plan them, all of us three should have the same results because there should be what is wrong with the patient. That should Mm. be a clear diagnosis. And then a treatment plan of what is best for the patient, that should become clear as well. 
in this day and age, you know, if I go to three different dentists, I'm really certain I might get two different treatment plans. Um, that shouldn't happen in the field of in dentistry. So I feel like mm. AI will be something that will come into place that will really tackle that problem. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, and um, I think one thing I think, one thing I just want to ask you about is, you know how you've mentioned that you can utilize radiographs and have that kind of standardized with AI? Can you do the same with like clinical images? So let's make an assumption that I've taken um, some pictures of a patient's smile. Would an AI potentially be able to be like, okay, well, I see, you know, the the clinical crown height is X Y Z. This is the recommended treatment, or is that something that isn't really possible? Mm-hmm. No, I, I think a few companies in the US have tried to do that already. Um, it's all about, you know, accuracy of how how it helps because I know there's some stuff that people can take at their homes and take a scan of their mouth and they'll be able to kind of find yeah. out what's wrong with it. So it's all about kind of clinical evidence is a big one. I always kind of go by okay, what is the clinical evidence of how accurate that is, how safe it is, and how it will improve the patient's kind of health in general. So these ideas of what you just said, there already are companies out there doing them, but being able to do so accurately, um, consistently, uh, and safely is, is another question. But image analysis, that, that, that's already being done as far as I know. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and. I just kind of have one one personal question. What part of AI do you find the most exciting? Is there one thing where you're like, this is the thing that like, you know, this is really cool? Um, I think probably in our everyday lives, as you know, Tesla would say uh, these self-driving cars, like, you know, uh, Alexa, um, all of, Siri, <laughs> you know, all of these things. I think <laughs> in our everyday lives is, is evolving more and more, not just in dentistry. I think dentistry is probably one of the industries where we're so far behind um, yeah. in our workflow. As in this uh, radiology stuff um, in the medical field, it's already been doing um, and happening with lungs and brains and stuff. So I feel like we're a bit late to the party with it, but I'm just mm. hoping that we're able to embrace it and uh, have everyone on board and jump on with it. Nice. Yeah. I just feel bad for anyone that had this on uh, on loud and just had Alexa, Google, and everything, and just go off. <laughs> so <laughs> we we made the podcast interactive, but yeah, excellent. Um, well. Thank you very, 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 very much for your time. We always have one final question we like to ask our guests, which is, what is one tip you'd give to people who are thinking of applying to dentistry at the moment? Wow, okay. Um, one tip I'd have for them when they're applying, right? I think um, in, when I was applying for dental school, one of the things I used to do is definitely my work experience. Uh, I did it in a variety of different fields. I did it in the army. I did it in like, you know, orthodontics, um, different, different specialities. So if you're looking to apply for dental schools, don't just go to your general dentist and have work experience there. Dentistry is kind of a, a multidisciplinary career. You can do so many things in it. Like you can even just mm-hmm. branch off and become like, you know, clinical director of some company and not do any clinical dentistry at all. So um, with it, I'd say explore your options by trying getting work experience and placements in different fields of dentistry, whether that be clinical or non-clinical. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Wise words. Thank you um, very much. And thank you for the episode once again. You've made the topic of AI dentistry really appealing, I'm sure, to us and to a whole bunch of our listeners. And yeah, it just seems like a very exciting field to be in at the moment. So yeah. Um, and also make sure guys to check out Dr. Denzel, um, over on Instagram. You can find him at Dr. The forward 
uh, dot Denzel. Um, and you can keep up to date with his, you know, progress and his journey. And also thank you guys for listening to the, you know, the drill podcast, uh, make sure to check this out on our new YouTube channel. Um, it's also called, you know, the drill podcast. So yeah. Yes. Yes. I think we're still getting used to that. And, uh, okay. to find out more about dentistry, the application process and stay up to date with the podcast, make sure you follow us on TikTok and Spotify on at You Know The Drill Podcast. And again, make sure you check out our YouTube at You Know The Drill Podcast as well. Thanks for listening and watching. Peace out.